Welcome to Behind the Lectern. Since 2006, your host, Jeff Klein, has been working with speakers at all levels, from beginners to Toastmasters International Award winners, from experts to National Speaker Association Hall of Famers. In each episode, Jeff introduces you to some of these speakers as you learn about their speaker journey, how they got started, where they came from, where they're going, and more. Take the lessons they have learned on their way to help you with your own path to make speaking work for you. Let's get started. Good day. Good morning, everybody. Jeff Klein here for another episode of Behind the Lectern. I'm excited to welcome business coach Steve Feld here. And let me introduce Steve. Uh, Steve, Business coach Steve Feld is a certified business coach author, professional speaker, podcast host, and award-winning business management executive. His goal is to stop business owners from suffering entrepreneurial depression and to stop making running their business so difficult. I want to put damn in front of that. Is that okay? So damn oh, difficult. Yeah, yeah, I left that another word. Yeah. <laughs> he has owned and operated seven businesses and turned around three others. Business owners and entrepreneurs hire Steve to crack seven figures without burning themselves out. Welcome, Biz Coach Steve. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad that we connected. And you know, our focus here on, on Behind the Lectern is your speaking journey and, and how speaking contributes to your business. How did you start speaking? When did you first, uh, when was your first speech? Yeah, I, after running so many businesses, I always had to be in the front of the room and talk. and People said, wow, you seem really comfortable. And inside, I was like, a wreck. So I went and got that fixed. But then I realized to grow my business, I need to be on stage. And I really enjoyed it. I love sharing my knowledge and helping others. And I started speaking at local clubs, chambers, and Rotary, and started working myself up. And then I started working on a speech. And what kind of value can I give to people? So I speak at associations, people that have, or tribes, I should say, any organizations that have like business owners, because that's what I speak on. It's something to help business owners in all levels. And it was tremendous. It was going phenomenal right before the pandemic hit. Sure. No, the stage is closed up. I switched over to podcast guests. And then as the stages started opening up virtually, I got back on those, and now it's starting to seem I have my own podcast too, just like you. Know, we were talking yeah. about sharing and helping others in a greater mass, and I think it's phenomenal. And I've seen some unbelievable speakers where I've gained so much knowledge from, and I think people have something to say, and getting on a stage is the best way to do it. Absolutely, no question about it. Now, tell me, you said you took, you got it fixed. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I I was inside. I felt like demons were tearing my innards apart. Honestly, I was wow. I felt like I was sweating and shaking and everything. And everyone said, you're calm, cool, collected. And I would get off of the stage and just be exhausted. And there was something that I had to work on. So I went to Toastmasters. To nice. And that actually helped me launch getting on stages and actually then I learned from others on how to sell from the stage or share, contribute from the stage. And I also learned how to get on stages. 
So now I teach that to a lot of people as well. Excellent. Now, so I'll just welcome Samuel to our live studio audience. Samuel, if you have a question, feel free to, to chime in. Thank you for joining us. We go from zero to seven or, you know, guests and things like that. But we're glad to have you just listen in, Samuel. All right. So let's just talk about Toastmasters for a few minutes. I'm a big fan. Uh, how did you learn that it existed? I actually have heard about Toastmasters. So I was typical person going, oh, it's a place where you make toast, right? Or something like, or they work on toast at an event. But then I started looking in the organization and started learning it does a lot more. So I went there to solve my problem and to kill my inner demons. And I gave a speech one time on glossophobia, number one fear in the whole wide world, fear of public speaking. Okay. I did research on it. I found out all the same emotions I had for fear of speaking are the exact same emotions as excitement. So it was a mind shift switch to go when I get on stage. Now I'm excited. And I always go on the stage thinking, I'm going to rock this. All the emotions I'm feeling, I'm excited. I'm jacked up. Versus where it used to be before, like, I hope I don't pass out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and you said you left the stage exhausted before. Yes. And before, just because you're all tensed up. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's funny, I was talking with another guest the other day, and that's the difference, you know, the fear, uh, sometimes the introvert. They give it all to the audience and they're exhausted when they're done. And then those of us who got into some of this because we love to be in front of the room and, and we're the ex more extrovert. And, and now that you, you know, overcome those, you're with us. We get energy from the audience. You know, if, oh, if I speak in the evening, I can't get to sleep that night. Oh, no. I'm so, I'm so amped up. Pardon the roommate. They come and go during the show. <laughs> I mean, I now I'm still an introverted technically, but of course, yeah, that doesn't change. But energy in and energy out. Whereas before, it was like I'm just trying to hold it together to finish my presentation. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so great. And there's very low barrier to entry with Toastmasters. It's it's very affordable. You do a a one to five minute speech every week when you go to the meetings, and some of their are prepared and some intentionally are not prepared. Right. And that's where a lot of people come to Toastmasters work on that impromptu speaking because every day your boss calls on you. This will really help solve all your problems at work. Yeah. And it actually, we've seen people get advancement in their jobs because their communication skills have increased so much. And it's really popular with people who aren't born English as their second language. Or yes. third language or what have you. It's not their first language. It's really popular because every week they're having to, having conversation is not the same thing as doing a formal talk where the people in the room are counting your ums and your, you know. <laughs> and that'll look at cleaned up if you're in there. And I kid you not, that will set you apart from many other speakers, showing your expertise just by cleaning up your ums and your ahs out of your vocabulary, all of a sudden, if you're on the stage with someone who's umming and on the whole way, and you come up and give the exact same presentation without all that, you're the expert and the other person gets kind of dismissed to the side. It's we humans somehow. somehow. Yeah. Now, if we could just get journalists to take oh that class. 
<laughs> yeah, God forbid if they read off their teleprompter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's. I used to listen to a, a talk show or a, an interview show every weekend on NPR, and I was like, there needs to be a Toastmaster chapter just for that show. Yeah. Not all of her guests, but a lot of her guests were hers and ums. And I do it. I just did it. But but if you're doing it three or four times in the same sentence, it'd be a really good idea to join a Toastmasters club and work on yeah. And if you're and really- virtual now. Some of them are virtual. You can... Uh, yeah. A friend of mine here in Dallas is in a California Toastmasters club. <laughs> so. Oh, I, I'm in a couple clubs. One is purely virtual for business people. And it's at a different level. It's like, get rid of the ums and ahs and let's... Because you're meeting clients, customers, we're all on stages, so it has to be really polished. And so we work hard at it. And I even run the Arizona Toastmasters Speakers Bureau. So oh, I'm no, teaching yeah. others to get how to get on stage and what to do to get on stage. And then what do you do when you get on stage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the specialty clubs you were just talking about. So. I know a little bit about it. We had a group in Dallas. I'm not sure if they're still around called Pro Speak. And it was a group of folks who aspired to be public speakers for their next job. And uh, so tell us just a little about that. I didn't, this didn't mean this turn. It's not a commercial for Toastmasters, no. but it was part of an important part of your journey. You're still involved and people yeah. should know about it. I went there for my personal things, but when you talk to other people, it's like we all have the same kind of communication issues, if you will. It could be impromptu speaking. It could be cleaning up your arms and arms. Maybe you want to be a professional speaker. Maybe you just want to be a great community civic speaker, talking to groups, youth groups, and everything else. It's a great way to clean up your message and really get, so you can get your point across. Because I'm, we both been, I'm sure, to conferences, meetings, whatever, and the, you have no idea what the speaker is talking about. They just ramble. And it's very difficult to follow and have them as the expert, whereas something like Toastmasters helps you clean up those things. Now, there are plenty of other organizations like National Speakers Association, many others. That's at a different well, level. Yeah, and, and I, I actually consider Toastmasters here at one end of this, what I call the speaking spectrum, and NSA at the other, because here is it's how to get comfortable speaking and overcome the fear of speaking, which was their original mission. And then over here, NSA is the trade association for the profession of public speaking. And you know this, I'm, I'm just helping some of our audience that doesn't. And trade, so, you know, they actually will go to Washington and lobby on behalf of speaking as a business. There's a tax, something that's affecting taxes, whatever it is. They're ja- and they sponsor the CSP, the Certified Speaking Professional, which is the CPA for the speaking world. It's a bit, it's a lot more prestigious than, I'm not putting down CPAs. There's, it's a lot more prestigious than a CPA. But each industry, every industry has an association and a lot of them have certification. Some people are become certified project managers, certified meeting planners. Is CSP a certified speaking professional? And that's the most elite group of people who are public speakers. Yeah, it takes several years to achieve, and you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. And they also have a Hall of Fame as an organization. And I like to brag that we've had 
Hall of Fame NSA speakers involved in speaker co-op since early on. But the, and of course, I'll, I'll give us a little plug. Speaker co-op's in the middle of that spectrum because we draw from both sides because we're mainly a venue for speakers to expose themselves to meeting plans. And both people on your on the Toastmaster, not your end, you're you're not in that end anymore. But the Toastmasters and where they like having a speaker bureau, and the NSA end both want audiences, and that's the primary thing speakerthought.com provides is access to more audiences. So, uh, yeah, there's a little commercial in the middle of the show. Uh, (laughs) I I highly recommend to people who are serious about becoming professional speakers start finding something to help you on your path. It will help. I mean, go to these professional organizations and take advantage of their knowledge and learn. Use the skills. You got to work at it. It doesn't happen overnight. But yeah. I've seen the transformation of people ready to pass out on for just talking for a minute to within four months. They're giving a 45 minute presentation like they've been practicing this the whole life. Yeah. And, and I, it's really. What Toast and we'll move on in a second, but to what Toastmasters has done that I'm all so impressed with is the curriculum is super organized yes. and progressive. So my friend who's in that virtual group just passed her first milestone, and I don't know what it's called, I'm not, but her first milestone, which is X number of talks and X number of, of evaluations and all these other things. And she probably isn't going to stick with it just because it hurt her schedule, but she has gained so much from doing it and having a goal, having a benchmark to get to and then say, okay, now I get to decide, do I want to go after the next benchmark or do I want to go somewhere else and to advance my education for my business or my profession? Yeah. I've already hit, achieved the distinguished Toastmasters. So. I'll bet. Level and I'm on my second one. I'll have that done here in a couple months. And I don't know. It's like I'm gained so much from Toastmasters, but yeah. in the meantime, it's like I focus on the speaking side of my business, and I notice what it's done to help me. Sure. sure. Well, and you have to be a chapter officer to get DTM, right? Yeah, I've been an officer. I've worked. Well, in- and that's again for personal and professional development. Yeah. Serving as an officer in a club is really important. Absolutely. And it teaches you how to be a manager and it teaches you how to work with people and how to, all kinds of things that, because, you know, we had a networking group that I was involved in back in the last century. No, not in the last century, back in the, in the 2000s, in the aughts, where we had a lot of folks who really developed professionally because they decided to jump into leadership of the group and that helped them in their professional development. Made them better at work. So, you know, all those things to improve yourself. As soon as I'll have have the mustache, there it was. Uh, (laughs) The cattail mustache. And so it's just, however you're doing your development, if you're a do-it-yourself or reading those books, nothing is better than joining some sort of a club that can help you just learn how to be in front of the room by doing it. Practice. It's all practice. Like everything else in life, you got to practice it. And organizations like Toastmasters just gives you that safe environment to practice it. Right. You can screw up all day long in Toastmasters and you're going to get good feedback. You don't want to do it when you're on stage. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a funny story. I I got an honorary DTM. 
a distinguished Toastmaster, which there's no such thing. But I've spoken at several Toastmasters regional conferences, even though I've never been a Toastmaster. And they fill out a thank you certificate. And the thank you certificate was to Jeff Klein DTM because they assumed because I was speaking at their conference that I was one. So I have a certificate around here somewhere that, that says I'm a DTM. <laughs> so I call it my honorary Take it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll take it for sure. So how did you know that speaking could help you with your promote your business at Rotary or what have you? Well, I started doing live workshops. Okay. Bringing business owners in and running a presentation. And it became very comfortable. I'm like, well, I'm only doing it to 10 to 15 people here. Why not go a little bit bigger and change the subject? So I started getting requested for uh, things like about, you know, your message is money, want more money. And then another one was like leadership. And I'm like, wow, I'm not a leadership coach per se. That, that's my focus. But I started doing for le- around leadership and personal advancement. And that started like really triggering, like, why are these people asking me for this? Something that they see. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is a fun and then I start doing some keynotes, but I throw in a lot of humor in my stuff. So it was kind of like, do I make a serious keynote? Because it's really not me. But then I start interacting with humor and make it really mine. And that's when it was like, that was the shift. Like once I put me into the speech. Light bulb moment. Light bulb moment. And it was, the big part was I was on stage and they said, hey, you could sell from the stage. So I just put an offer out there. I had 31 people want me to coach them one-on-one. That's when the bigger light bulb went on. Like, uh-oh, I can't do this, <laughs> you know, because I can't coach 31 people yeah. one-on-one. So I started bringing on coaches to help me with that. But then I started realizing, oh, my gosh, did you just not – the light bulb was bright. That was my new lead gen strategy. So I started getting on more stages and doing it that way, and then I could pass these people off to my coaches. And it was going phenomenal right before the pandemic. And I even brought on speakers to help like multiply myself. Wow. So you filled in, you were doing the replication model before, right? As of course, and it's all going to come back, Steve. I'm confident it it's all it going to come back. And um, when it, the stages open up more, now it's got a little tougher because everyone now is a professional speaker. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it, you get a lot of that. But the stages are got tighter. So they conferences that were five days long. Yeah. And they brought in speakers two days long and they're sticking to only their industry specific speakers. So it's gotten tighter with more. Yeah, people. I've seen some of that. I was talking to somebody the other day about their business and they're saying, well, we're only bringing in people from our company mm-hmm. to train. And I was like, wow, that is really short sighted. It is. And I learned that years ago when I was at, I think it was an accounting association for a region. And they said, we only bring in two experts from the industry because we know that they're talking only industry knowledge. So it never goes outside the box. So we're bringing in speakers from outside the box to expand all of our members' box. They understood what they needed, that they needed to do that. Yeah. They got it. They're one of the biggest organizations in the, it's yeah. the national CPA associations. <laughs> yeah, I was at uh, 
I was researching becoming continuing education certified. And I went to the Texas Bar Association website and all of the, and this is when I had an ad agency as my primary business. And I was speaking to get clients for the ad agency. So all of the experts on marketing for the Texas Bar Association are attorneys. And I, you know, can I crack the code? Will they let me in if I'm not a lawyer first? And the the answer in that situation was no. Now it might have changed now, 10 years later, but. Yeah, and there's still a lot of players in there. Yes. <laughs> but that's an industry that moves at a snail and then they wonder why. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, there's many industries like that. And I think for a speaker, you have to find the industry that's more progressive, that gets it. And to find great this, advice. It's a lot of calls and a lot of emails and a lot of door knocking. For sure. Yeah. And paying attention to what, what your colleagues are doing. That's it. And I've learned so much from people that I've shared a stage with or been on other stages. And it's been amazing getting their insight. And I think that's another thing for all speakers. You need to hang out with other speakers, honestly. It's not what you can, they can do for me. They're going to do more for you than you realize. They're going to share stuff, their knowledge, their expertise. But they also might share where they just did a stage. Well, they don't get invited back. We all know that. It's like if I just had a conference and you were my keynote, and then my conference come out next year. You're not going to be my keynote again. It's just, I need. Yeah. Not. So us sharing information, maybe I can be that keynote this second year. Well, and that, that makes me think of the green room where the, you know, they have a, so usually have a room where the speakers gather and have coffee or whatever. And a lot of conferences, I want to be out there among the people because that's why I'm at the conference to right. get some clients. But don't miss spending time in the green room with your fellow speakers. Take, you know what? You can go out and mingle, mix and mingle and palm press after your speech. But before, it's work on your speaking business and it's in the green room. Well, and and I would probably say that you, the before and after, you want to do both because you want to get to know the crowd before you speak. But what you're saying is absolutely correct. You want to definitely get some face time with your colleagues. Yeah, you don't also don't know who's out in the crowd. Yeah, they might have be a guest at the at that event, or know someone who gave them a ticket, and that person's looking for speakers on their stage. So oh, yeah. you don't know who's in the crowd, so you got to think of that all the time. It's like, oh yeah, and I was talking the other day and saying to folks, if you're booked to speak at a multi day conference, do everything you can to attend the whole conference. I couldn't agree more. I learned that the easy way. Someone told me it was a two-day conference, so I was booked on the first day. I said, listen, I'm here. You already got me for the next day. If someone cancels, I have another speech ready to go. I can fill in. The next morning, they're calling me up. They're like, we need you here at 10 a.m. Nice. And I got, so I got two days, got paid two times. (laughs) Nice. But That's really cool. I totally agree with you. I was planning to be there the whole conference because yeah. I want to mix and mingle and learn and palm press and the whole nine yards. Well, and so yeah, so many of the places I'm speaking now, I'm it's peers. I mean, it's other people who are also speaking, and the people who drop in and leave don't—they're not part of the community. That's it. That's a great point. And how many times we've seen speakers—they get off the stage. I have a plane to catch. 
they're missing golden opportunity here to really connect with the audience and the event organizer. So now the organizer is like, well, they only gave the value on stage, but they didn't stick around to give the value to the members or the guests. So it's yeah. kind of a negative sometimes, unless you're such a high profile. Well, and again, to your point about uh, future events, yeah. the if somebody's at the event and they're hunting for their event, the person who's hanging around and they have dinner with mm-hmm. is not is going to get the first choice before the person who flies in and flies out. That's it. Yeah. I learned that early and hard because I used to be the one who flew in and flew out. And one of the speakers goes, you're missing the boat. Yeah. And after that, they kind of slapped me upside my head and was like, I, after that, I was like, oh, you have a three day conference. Can I get and it include a three-day pass. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't need to pay to stay. Get them to... Yeah, at least I'll pay my extra room. I don't care. But yeah, yeah. Presence, and then even on the third day, it's like, well, I spoke the first day. Why are you still here on day three? And it's like, yeah. but it's gained, it gives you a lot of credibility. Um, yeah, I'm here to learn from the other speakers. I'm here to give value to you if you have questions about my talk. You know, all that good stuff. And you can finagle a, a booth at the trade show. That's always a good part of compensation but you have to have somebody to work it you cannot get stuck at the trade show you've got to figure that part out <laughs> that's it that's when you need a friend of a friend <laughs> yeah. yeah or a great virtual assistant <laughs> who's who can be in person yeah you got brought up a good point too because you could sell your books your courses and everything to the organizer not necessarily to the crowd and that's a great way to sell without selling yeah absolutely and a lot of conferences, they have the real estate, and they're happy to add it to your compensation. Oh, yeah. I always say, try to negotiate a booth if they have booths. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page for a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, and the other, and even the rubber chicken circuit, you know, that I joke about rotary and chamber and all and association, yeah. where that's my bread and butter. But there are speakers who don't stay for those meetings. I know. And it's like, those are the people you want to really connect with because it's 20, 30 people in the room. Yeah. I'm the last one to leave and all that stuff. That's it. If it's the right audience, what are you serving for lunch? Yeah. And they, they're like, well, we can't pay. I go, what are you serving for lunch? Yeah. I'm there. That's something we started teaching folks early on here at Speaker Talk. Ask if they have a budget. Yeah. If they say no, say, I'm well, tell me about your group. I sometimes waive my fee. So I'm not a free speaker. I'm right. a speaker who's willing to waive his fee in the right situation, which is 90% of the time. <laughs> it's the right situation because the group's not going to pay anyway. Right. And I've even still given him an invoice. Yeah. Well, account. and that's exactly right. We, I don't do an invoice, but I do a letter of agreement yes. that has the price of the speech crossed out and it says waive. Yeah. That way and, it shows value. Uh-huh. I mean, the other okay. thing in the letter of agreement, Steve, is this is confidential. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so so only the organizer or, or the leaders are supposed to know about that. And right. and and it's it's really funny. People who attend meetings don't really think about it. And a lot of them don't know that you're not getting paid. Yes, it's true. But you, again, we're not there in that room to get paid from the group beforehand. We're there to get paid by being able to make an offer to the audience and get some clients. Yeah. I mean, I know speakers who are 
get paid to do their keynote and then peace out. Okay, yeah. that's their model. My model is like, hey, listen, if I can get paid, if I'm in front of the right room, I want to get paid, but I'm going to get paid with either from the producer, from the crowd. Someone's going to, I'll sell without selling some way, somehow, some form. And there's a lot of times I'll get on someone's stage and it's the my crowd and they don't have a budget. And it's like, can I make an offer? And I'll press that until they say yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and can I have a table? Yeah. Okay. If they won't let me make an offer and they won't let me have a table, then they have to pay. Yeah. That's where I'm at. But because I can do a talk without making an offer, right. but I have to have a table with my offer on the table. That's it. And we even have our letter of agreement says that you get everybody's email. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and you know, we facilitate that with by doing like a door prize drawing if it's uh, in person. Virtual, it's a hassle to try to get everybody to put their email in the chat. The correct one. Yeah. But the group organizer has signed something that they're going to send me the email list. And I have no problem asking for that. We're giving them value. Now, again, we have to make sure we do give them value. But, but those of us who are good at this give value first. Oh, and then the rest comes behind that. We call it speak to get paid. And That's that old cool. model, man, I've run into a few people who think they can stick to that old model. And I'm telling you, it is not going to work out no it's gone if you're from that old school thinking about it there's so many ways to be creative now to get on a stage and work your magic and if you're still stuck in the old way like hey they're going to pay me or else i'm not going to go guess what the organizer is going to take someone else who they're not paying but they're allowing to sell from the stage and you missed a golden opportunity yeah and that's the second speaker is going to make more money yeah, I learned that from another speaker. They go, I used to just get paid and that was it. And I kept my courses to myself. They go, then I woke up to the fact if I sold my courses, I make more money than what they paid me. Duh. <laughs> like, but now they only get on stages where they can sell. And yeah. they, then they always have a booth where they sell. And they said they always make a ton of money in events because they sell their product. Yeah. It's not what they made on the stage. When I started in this business, no, <laughs> when I first started hanging out with speakers in like 2004, I actually joined the local NSA chapter as a vendor with the ad agency to do videos and websites. And I sat there and, and got the education, unlike the folks who, who the other vendors who hung out the hall. But then that, that education is one of the reasons I'm successful today. But, the, you know, going to those meetings and that was the time when they could still say, I have one story, I have one book, and the, even the same audience, same association would book them multiple years in a row to do keynotes. Right. They ramped up the crowd. And there was even, I even remember one guy where I would, because we prime, we lead with topics on the, on speakerclub.com. And I said, well, what are your topics? And he said, leadership and team building. I said, okay, do you have topic titles for those? So if somebody wants to book you. Because nobody's going to just book leadership. They're going to book the guy over here that says how to lead like Julius Caesar or whatever. And he said, no, that's always worked for me. And, and it did. I mean, he had a 20-year career and his clients would book him over and over again and they would refer him to other people. So he had like a closed group of companies that kept him 
in rent and kibble and whatever, and or his house payment and what have you. But there's no way that works now. No, you need to always be sharpening the spear. With and give, yeah, and value, and not just value. Nobody, and motive, the word term, inspirational speaker and motivational speaker, they're going away. Those people, they may want to be motivated and inspired, but the folks who are paying for speakers want results. That's it. So that's why I was always floored away. Like, why do you want my leadership talk? And then it was like, oh, wait, I integrate business stuff in it and everything else. Oh, it took me a long time to realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. I've seen those same speakers that give the same speech. And they do it up 200 times a year, year over year. Yeah, and now what's funny is a couple of those people have recently written their second book. Right. Yeah, 20-some years later. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had to if they wanted to stay in the business. That's it. And one guy who actually is in the Hall of Fame, he started doing a workshop on how to build a keynote and be successful, which what a great person to teach it. He'd done it for 20, 30 years. Perfect. And that, and he wasn't, he didn't have to teach something he didn't know how to do because he sure as heck knew how to build a powerful keynote. And so he started doing uh, boot camps, clinics for that, which nice. was really smart. And that's the whole pivot thing, right? That's it. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because you mentioned about books. I mean, I just finished my, my seventh book is being edited right now. And it's like, but no, having an arsenal of product services, you can customize which one you want to talk about to that crowd. And I think that helps any presenter. Right. Like, We're serving. And that's serving. another part of it is the celebrities don't count in this conversation. Right. The celebrity that's speaker is a celebrity and they come in and they do 45 minutes and they motivate and they don't have to get results because they're famous and they've gotten people to the conference. Yeah. Yeah. The name brings the people and call it a day. (laughs) But then the guy who goes after them and the gal who goes after them, they're certainly going to be delivering a better, something more useful to the audience. But you'll notice that they're at the conference (laughs) (laughs) because the, the conference organizer needs their attendees to get results. So they bring in those people like you and me. To help them get the results after the celebrity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, what I was going to say was that, you know, the whole thing about learning from each other. And yeah, there's just nothing like it. No. I've learned so much from my fellow speakers. It's it's one of the better educations. Yeah. And I did, I just did a speaker retreat. And some people would say, well, you've been speaking for 16 years. No, 18 years. Why would you need a, holy cow, I learn, I still learn stuff. Part of that's because I'm willing to learn. I think of it as a learning experience every time you walk on the stage and before and after, because you're learning about the not only what goes on the stage, it's like, but from the event organizers, they're going to share what the trends are in the industry. Yeah. And if they like you, of course, they're going to share their contacts. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I've tried to. As another way to get event planners to our website, we have tips for meeting planners. And some of them, Steve, are really basic things that a professional would know, but somebody who just became the programming chair for their club, and they have to get 40 new speakers this year, (laughs) they don't know all that stuff. 
you know, they, and some of it is just about making sure your speaker gets fed before the meeting. And I had one, and you know, they, all of the, what's funny is all of my tips came from experiences, right? Like one group, I ate a, like eating lunch alone. It's like I was, <laughs> and this group they had, they were worried about running out of food at the buffet, and so the leadership ate last. But the speaker ate first. So they put me in line first. They sent me, brought me to a table. And then they all went and stood at the back of the line. Oh, so I ate alone. <laughs> and it was like, one answer to that is don't put me at the head table. Put the speaker with other people, which is Or the other answer is have somebody also eat with the speaker. <laughs> and the, I mean, just little things like that that didn't, they didn't really think about it. I wish I could say that's never happened, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the letter of agreement doesn't say I don't eat alone, but it definitely says I don't buy my own lunch. Yeah, it's that's all it says. It's like you're yeah. providing lunch. Didn't yeah. say it's in the letter of agreement. They provide lunch for me and an assistant if I have one. <laughs> I had one group that was hosted by the restaurant owner and she didn't buy lunch for the assistant. You had to pay for your own assistant's lunch. <laughs> That was a learning lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because I gave her the, she crossed through that on the letter. Oh. Whatever. But it's just funny that the things that people pick and choose to do. Well, okay. So I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to tell us what Biz Coach Steve stands for, besides being a great speaker and all that good stuff. Tell us about what you teach people about their business. Yeah. I focus on primarily small business owners and entrepreneurs. So I have programs set up for like automated, I call it my e-learning academy. So it has tools, resources for like startups, so forth. Also group coaching and one-on-one coaching and masterminds. But the big thing I teach them, I have proprietary software where I can find business anywhere from 10000 to over $100,000 of hidden annualized revenue in 45 minutes. And not only that, we have an implementation schedule, so we go after it. And we'd like to do it without spending more money on marketing or advertising. So that's like kind of my secret sauce. Very cool. Now, say, tell me the numbers again, because I want to put them in the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, we can find a business owner anywhere from 10000 to over $100,000 of hidden annualized revenue. So it all depends on the size of the business. Sure, sure. And But it, we also produce, it produces a report, and we can follow a game plan on it. It's kind of like been my weapon lately and putting them in like group coaching programs start off with like foundational strategies which i was shocked it's more of like business 101 yeah and they've I, been in business for 10 years and they don't have and they're it. in it because they forgot the foundations as we know we build a building right you have to have a strong foundation to build a building well many business owners build a weak foundation and start working on the building so fast but they didn't work on the foundation so I've been noticing businesses that have been in business 10 years. They're hopping into this and they're just like, if I would have known this 10 years ago, my business would be in a better place. It's like, you know it now. So now it's time to put it in. The building's up. Let's just sure. get in there. It's the foundation. Hey, there are things if I had known at 25, my life would be very different <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, if I know what I know now at 25. <laughs> I would have put I would have put twenty five bucks a month into some sort of an account, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I'd be on the cover of magazines. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd be the, the guy next to Bezos on the rocket, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <William> Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> or was that Musk? I get him confused. That was Bezos. Both of them. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll write on both of their rockets. I'm good. There you go. The basic business stuff, it's like arithmetic. It's stuff we all know and just don't implement. Yeah, a lot of people. Or we ignore it because we think we don't need it. Yeah, it's like what I see with a lot of business owners, they have a good service or product. So they work on that and getting sales. But then all of a sudden they get to a point like, why did my sales start declining? Well, you don't know your business. So you only know what you know. So you don't know about marketing, accounting, HR, all the other aspects of business. That's where I come in. It's like, okay, let's build a long-term sustainable business because one day you probably want to exit this thing. And you haven't even thought of that. So that's a problem. So you're shooting your arrow and there's no target. Yeah. They got sales and customer service. Yeah. And nothing else. And a lot lot of them don't know how to manage their expenses either. I see that all the time. And that's always been my joke. It's like, let me... Let's crack open your financial statements and I'll find your investment into this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're wasting money. And I even had a coach do it to me years and years ago in one of my businesses. And I was shocked. And I thought I knew business. And I was still like, wow. I actually had had a... uh, I had a friend slash a guy who's become a friend, but in one of my networks, put me take me through this program, the intro meeting. And... uh, if you did this instead of this, what would look like at the end of the year? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I have to figure out how to find time to make this that and then and still do all the other things. <laughs> and that that's probably the, after I show them like put them through the proprietary software. It's they're always like, I, "Oh my god, uh, this would change my life. And it's like, number one question is how am I going to do this? It's yeah. Like, where I come in. I was going to say, that's where you bring you know, in the coach to help you implement. Yeah. And implement. Cause I know if, you got to think I'm pulling information from multiple businesses, multiple industries, and I'm using all that knowledge for you and your business. You could not accumulate all this. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the coaching model. Well, it's the outsourcing model. Yeah. Do what I'm, you do best and bring in people who have to help you with all the other stuff. Oh, believe me, I have staff and VAs who do things I just don't want to do. Yeah. I can do them. I just don't want to do them because it's sucking the life out of me with time. But you know what? They love it. Good. You do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, the world needs worker bees. Yes. And that's not, there's nothing derogatory about being good at what you do and enjoying it. Yeah. Because those of us who don't know how to stop moving (laughs) need them. To keep our world, to keep everything going <laughs> and being, being successful. Like I did a lot of work with the uh, Administrator Professionals Association. You talk about the people that run the world. And yeah. most 90% are women and they're super smart. And they once were secretaries and they changed the name of their organization. Uh, and they're not administrative assistants anymore. They're administrative professionals, which they are, they deserve. That association has certifications, <laughs> and but they're and they're thank God their bosses mostly know how much they need them. Yeah, I always joked with a lot of mine. It's like once I realized who really is running the whole thing. Yeah, 
it. So I always told, like, I would personally buy, like, the administrative professional, like, here's a day pass. Do not come in tomorrow. Call in sick. Yeah. Go in and have a day pass on me because yeah, I'm going to meet with your boss tomorrow. I want to see how you react. They're lost. Well, that's hilarious. And I do that to show them, like, yeah, you have unbelievable staff and you're not appreciating them. It's a lesson for them. But once they start realizing they need to stop micromanaging and stop putting their fingers in the pie and hire great people. Trust, yeah. yeah, I had a friend, colleague who's since passed who wrote a book on acknowledgement. Mm. And one of my favorite stories from the book is he said he had a client CEO call him in because his assistant is was quitting. And he didn't want her to go. And so he sat there and he said, okay, so tell me about her. How long has she worked here? Then he was like 10 years and how long, you know, did this. And he, and he gave him a little bit of information. And the guy, my friend, sat down with the woman and she said, well, he doesn't know who I am. And I've been working for him for 15 years. I have a son. You know, he didn't send me, you know, my son didn't graduation from college, high school, college birthdays, anniversaries. I get all his wife's gifts and all that kind of stuff. And Scott went back to the boss and said, I can't make her stay, man, because you haven't appreciated her. So I'll find a good one now and appreciate the next one. <laughs> and it won't happen again. So, I mean, it's just, and some of that stuff is so small to do. I mean, the, the <laughs> amount of energy it takes to do, to add to smile, to to take five minutes to ask somebody how their weekend was. What well, I don't want to get off topic down a rabbit hole, Steve, because I could go that that's a big rabbit hole. But it, we're we're now all of a sudden in on the Steve Feld behind the lectern interview where we're talking about administrators <laughs> and their value. So <laughs> that's okay. I want to <laughs> so oh, tell us how to find Steve, how to get how to reach out to you. Yeah, easiest way is my website and it's Biz Coach Steve, so it's B I Z Coach Steve.com. And I always offer, like, for business owners, hey, let's get on a call for 15 minutes, talk about your business, because don't be out there all by yourself. You have no one to talk to. Don't worry, you have someone to talk to now. And I'm not here to judge or sell you anything. You don't sell me. I don't sell you on those calls. It's like, I'm here to listen and help whenever I can. Yeah. Just gives you a and I've been doing that for years for business owners, and it's been amazing. It's like they just have no one to talk to. That's yeah, like, for sure. That's great. All right. So, bizcoachsteve.com. Anything I should have asked you that I didn't today? Oh, I don't know. It's like, hey, I'm always open for uh, speaking engagements. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Then you can also go to bizcoachsteve.com to book Steve. What's your current topic title that you're having fun with? Oh, everyone keeps... It was on my site, as, and I couldn't find it for the longest time. It's called, Your Message is Money, Want More Money. And it's about, I hear this all the time from business owners. Like, I did this kind of an ad or did this, and Facebook ads don't work. So I did a test, and I said, yes, I did a one-line Facebook paid advertisement, and my engagement went up by 600,000%. So you're wow. right. Facebook ads don't work. What it comes down to is your message sucks. Sorry. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah. I teach what, what's wrong with the message, but I also give them three strategies that they can take away from the talk and put it right in their business, and it won't cost them a bloody penny to do it. 
All right. So my audience is going to kill me if I don't ask you to just tell us then those three <laughs> bullets. Or we could just tease them and make them meet with you. Yeah. Then tease them. I, uh, I'm doing a master class. We'll tomorrow. tease them and make them book you to speak yeah. if they want the three those three takeaways. Because, you know, one of the things that I've been teaching people for this whole time is give value. Folks. Give your best stuff. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to give me three things I can do. I'm going to go back to the office. I'm going to try one. It's going to help me. I'm going to run out of time on the other two. And I'm going to hire Steve to help me do the other two. And that's why we do this. Well, we do this to help people. But the reason we speak to market is because of that. And the reason we give away our best stuff is because we know that it's going to come back around and people will hire us to help them. That's it. And I'm starting a, a yearly series of master classes on and I'm starting it all off with three lead generating mistakes and how to avoid them. It's like, you know, I'm giving, yeah. I'm giving it to you. It's like, take it. And I'll have those actually, I'm trying to get them posted on this, on my Facebook or on the, the website, but it's usually on all my social media. You can find me on biz coach, Steve on Facebook and I'm everywhere. Well, I love it. It's all about good, good branding. Yes. Well, this was so much fun. We don't yeah, usually fill the whole hour just because we don't. But you and I feel we could keep going, but we're going to stop and give folks a, a break. And so they, they'll they come back for other episodes. And, yeah, we're not going to do any three-hour podcast for you folks. So I want to thank you so much, Steve, for being our guest on the show. And we'll look forward to seeing you out there on a stage or in a green room somewhere. And it's just been my pleasure to have this coach Steve Feld on behind the lectern. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. If you're in the top 25% of the fastest times, Wow, what a great speaker. Where did you find him? You know, I used to have trouble finding speakers. Then someone told me about speakercoop.com. Speakercoop.com? What's that? It's a website full of speakers who speak to groups like ours. How did you decide which speaker to choose? The website lets you search for speaker by topic. You can even type one search word in and find all the speakers who have that word in their topic. Then you can read the speaker's bio to see if they're a fit for your group. That sounds great. Yes, I'm using speakercoop.com to find all the speakers for our group this year. I've got to find the speaker for our luncheon next month. This will make it easy. I'm going to go to speakercoop.com. And over and over again. Thanks for joining us on Behind the Lectern. You can find an archive of our episodes at behindthelectern.com. You can also access useful speaking information at speakercoop.com forward slash education. Join us next time for another great speaker journey with an expert and our host, Jeff Klein. We'll catch you next time.